Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. Well, it is 2023, as Destiny said, and here at North Point, we have declared that 2023 is going to be our year of That's right. Come on, 12 people in the room knew it. Now everybody else is going to be able to join in with us. Come on, 2023 is our year of legacy. And the way that we start off every year is with a sermon series based on the theme of our year. And so this year we are kicking off a brand new series today entitled Legacy. And the big idea, not just of this series, but the big idea for the year is simply this. We, we are going to live the legacy that we want to leave. That's the big idea. That that whenever people think of legacy, they think you leave a legacy. But you don't actually leave a legacy first, you live a legacy. Because you can never, ever leave anything greater than you lived. So what you leave behind is simply the result of the life that you lived. And so we're going to be talking about that in the next uh, few weeks. And it's going to be our theme for this entire year. And when when we really sum it all up, this is what our legacy is. Our legacy is simply the story that people will tell about us whenever we are gone. It, it It is simply the story of the difference that we made in their life, the difference that we made uh, in the community, in this world. It, it is who we are, or, or rather who we were if, if we are gone. That is what our legacy, the summary of our legacy will simply be the stories that people tell about us. But before we get too much into that, I want us to quickly look at the definition of the word legacy. It has two definitions we're going to look at, but the first definition we're going to look at is this, that legacy is something that is passed on. And this is what we typically think about, about a legacy, right? That there is a legacy, an inheritance that is passed on, or wealth that is passed on, or even a faith. You could say that there is a a legacy of faith within a family that is passed on from generation to generation. There is something that is passed on, but I want to point out this, is that before it can be passed on, it must first be lived out. <laughs> because you cannot leave behind something that you do not do not have. You cannot leave behind something that you did not do. And so we realize that if we're going to have something that is passed on, it must first be lived out, which takes us to the second definition, which is this. The long-lasting impact of a particular events or actions of a person's life. You see, what you need to know is that the actions of your life, the behaviors of your life, the habits of your life, the words that you speak, they will actually outlive you and your actions are creating a long-term impact. It will go beyond you for good or bad, but your words, your behaviors, your actions, your life, it will outlive you, which brings us to this idea of, wow, okay, so if I'm going to leave a legacy, I better make sure that I am living the life that I want to leave behind. There's the thing, whenever we start talking about the word legacy, um, there, there, there's, a, there's a few blocks that kind of come up. Because when we think about that word legacy, many times we start thinking things like this. Well, I mean, I know like presidents can leave legacies and world leaders can have, you know, Nobel Pre- Peace Prize winners and, uh, and really wealthy people. I get that they can leave a legacy, but, but who am I? <laughs> who am I here in Bossier City, Louisiana to really leave a legacy? But but friends, make no mistake about it. You are leaving a legacy whether you realize it or not. You are leaving a legacy whether you are even willing to admit it or not because people will tell a story about your life. 
people are going to tell a story. And because people are going to tell a story about your life, you are leaving a legacy. Whether it is good, bad, or indifferent, you are leaving a legacy because you are leaving a story behind. And hear me very clearly this morning. The story they tell will be the story you wrote. The story they tell about you will be the story that you wrote. The story that they tell will be the life that you chose to live. Now, in the Bible, we, we see some of these stories of the lives that people lived, and then we see them, the, 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 their stories get told in the Bible. And there's a uh, a, f- a familiar chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, and we often refer to this chapter as the, the hall of fame of faith. It's, it's some of the heroes of the Old Testament uh, that are mentioned in Hebrews 11, and it talks about their faith, and it talks about their life, and, and before it gets into the individuals, and before it starts talking about what they did, this is what it says in verse 2 of chapter 11. It says, through their faith, The people in days of old earned a good reputation. Through their faith. Now, there's one thing that we can do many times, and and it's a mistake, is that we connect faith only with belief. We, we, we associate those words together. We partner those words together. We marry those words together. And whenever we read the word faith, we just see, oh, they, 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 they just believe. They, they had a belief. But nobody earns a good reputation because of what they believe. <laughs> there, there's not a teacher in this room who gave an A because the student believed they could. Well, I mean, I believed I could make an A. Oh, that's so great, Johnny. Okay, there's an A for you. No, 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 that doesn't happen. Coaches don't give awards because athletes believed well. (laughs) No, they get awards because they performed well. And here's what I can tell you is that favorable reputations come from noticeable actions. So whenever it says in Hebrews chapter 2 that they earned a good reputation, they earned a favorable reputation, that favorable reputation came from a noticeable action. And as you start reading about all of these individuals, there's something that keeps popping up, and it's an action verb. in all of their stories. And you start reading about how Abel brought and how Noah built and how Abraham went and how Moses commanded. There was always an action associated with all of these individuals. And that's why in verse two, it says this. It says, through their faith, through their faith, they earned a reputation. But we've already established that you don't earn a reputation just because you believe. So they did not just believe their way into a reputation. No, no, no. Instead, they acted their way into a reputation. But the Bible wants to be very clear that the way that they acted was through their faith. It was their belief. Their belief was a portal, and their belief was their power for their behavior. It was the power and the portal for their action. They did not just believe their way into a better life. No, but their belief empowered them, and through that faith in God, it was the portal that carried them into the behavior that we read about in the Scriptures. They didn't just believe in God. They, they didn't even just believe that God could. They believed that God would, and then they made a decision to walk it out. And because they walked it out and they lived it out, they earned their legacy. They earned their good reputation. So what we see is they believed it, they behaved towards it, and then they built it in terms of their reputation and their legacy. They, they believed it. They behaved towards it, and then they built this reputation, and they built this legacy off of their lives. And so today, today we read their stories. Today we talk about their stories because they wrote these stories with their lives. They wrote the stories that we read with the decisions that they made. 
We read these stories and we talk about these stories because they were really willing to live their life in such a way that they would leave a legacy of faith behind because they lived a legacy of faith during their lifetime. Which brings us back to right now. And that is right now, you are writing the story of your own life you are writing the story that you are going to leave behind. The same way that they wrote their story and they left a legacy behind, right now you are writing your own story and the story you are writing right now will be the story that you leave behind. As you walked in today, you were handed this legacy pen. Come on, I want you to hold it up. I want you to hold it up. I want you to hold it up. The hands that go up first, they're the people that are taking notes, so they get the biggest mansions in heaven. You know the theology here, right? Better notes you take in church, the bigger mansion you get in heaven. Okay, and so, so no, hold it up, hold it up, hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Keep it going, hold it up. You see, this pen, it's a gift for you to take, but I want to use it today because right there on your pen, it says legacy. And I want you to understand this, what you are holding right now, this is not just a pen. Come on, keep holding it up. Come on, your shoulder needs a little exercise anyway. (laughs) Listen, what you are holding up, it's not just a pen, it is an opportunity. And it's maybe not just an opportunity, I might take it one step further and say it is actually a responsibility. Because since you have the ability to hold it up right now, it means you're not dead. Because you have the ability to hold it up, it means you are alive. And because you have the ability to hold this pen up, it means you have the responsibility to write the next chapter of your life. Not only do you have the opportunity to write the next chapter, you also have the responsibility to write the next chapter of your life. Now, now you, you can put your pens down. Here's a common trap that keeps us from writing. Because we, we need to know what the traps are. Why, why, why would I not write the next chapter? Well, well here's, here's some of the things that, that stand in our way. One, one trap is that when we are young, we think, I have so much time to write. When I'm a teenager, when I'm in my 20s, maybe even early, I mean, I have so much time. I have so many more years left to, to, to write. Let me tell you, it's never too early to start writing the legacy that you want to leave. But then when we get to the other side of that, here's another trap that we fall into. When we start getting older, we think, I have no more time to write. So on one frame, I say, I have so much time. And on the other side, we say, I have, I have no more time to write. But it is not true. Both of those are lies. And they are lies to do what? To keep you from writing your legacy story. Because the thing that God wants more than anything else is for you to leave a legacy, which means you lived a legacy while you were here on this earth. And whenever you take up your legacy pen and you start writing the next chapter, hear hear me clearly. Your next chapter doesn't have to be like all the chapters that have come before. Your next chapter doesn't have to include all of the same things that the chapters before included. When you pick up your pen to write the next chapter, the next chapter can completely change the storyline. Your life can go in a completely different direction because the storyline changed. When you've all read a book or seen a movie and you thought it was going in one direction and all of a sudden right there in the middle, oh my God, you had no idea that was actually the bad guy. Oh my God, you had no idea. I mean, it's just, it just takes a hard right. And you're like, that's not what I thought was going to happen. Listen, that can be your life too. Your life, you can change the storyline by writing a brand new chapter as your next chapter. Now, if you were here a few weeks ago on our Vision Sunday back in December, I I talked about, hey, whatever we do, like don't overcomplicate life. Like like life can be overwhelming enough. The thing it doesn't need is us overcomplicating it. And I said that life can be boiled down. It's very simple. And I give you these three things that basically life comes down to decision, direction, and destination. It's what life comes down to. It comes down to the fact that we make decisions. The decisions that we make send our life in a direction. And that direction is going to end in a destination. It's going to end in a result and an outcome. Now, sometimes the, 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 the time between your decision and your destination, it might be seconds or it might be years. We, we don't know exactly what time frame we're dealing with, but all of our decisions 
send our life in a direction that is taking us to a destination. And what happens is, is the decision to write a new chapter, what it does is it creates a new direction. It creates a new direction for your life. It creates a new direction for your story, which means in that new direction, it's going to take you to a new destination, meaning that the end of the book is not going to look the way that it is. And right now, you just finished chapter 21, and when you start chapter 22, it's not that you're just changing the next chapter. You are changing the ending of the story because there is a destination, an outcome, a result at the end of your life and you're saying today I want to change that and I'm going to change that by making a decision today to write my next chapter differently you see this pen this pen it's not it's listen it's not just an opportunity and it's not just a responsibility this pen is also your permission Today, you have permission to begin to start writing the next chapter of your life. You have permission to start changing the storyline of your life. Now, we, we have this trap of I'm, I'm too young or I'm too old, and, and those, are, those are traps, those are lies. But here's another trap. Another trap is this. I, I have made so many bad decisions. I've done too much wrong. Philip, how in the world can I fix the first 48 chapters of my life? How can I fix the first 19 chapters? Philip, I have, I have made so many mistakes. You would not be saying what you're saying today, Philip, if you knew the story of my life. Listen, while it is true that we cannot go back and change anything that is in the first part of our book. You can start writing a new story and you can give people something to talk about. You can give them something different to talk about. You can give them something different to say by the way you live from right now to the end of your life. I mean, just think, think about this. Think about the criminal on the cross that was crucified next to Jesus. There was Jesus hanging in between two criminals and, and one, one smart aleck criminal starts to, starts to mock Jesus and make fun of Jesus and says, hey, if you are who you really say you are, then why don't you get yourself down off of the cross and while you're at it, why don't you get us down too? And the other criminal on the other side is like, hey, why don't you shut your mouth? Man, that's the Philip D's translation. Why don't you shut your mouth? He says, don't you even fear God? Don't you have a little bit of fear of God? We're being crucified for what we did because we deserved it. But he did nothing wrong. And then he looks at Jesus and he says, hey, I don't know exactly where you're going, but wherever you're going, can you take me along for the ride? And Jesus looks at him and says, today, you will be with me in paradise. Think about the story of this guy's life. We know he was a criminal. He admitted on the cross. He wasn't falsely accused. He's up there saying, I am guilty. I did it. I am being punished for my sin. But the story that his brother or sister got to tell, the story maybe that his son or daughter got to tell, the story maybe that his mom or dad got to tell, that my son wrote a different chapter at the end of the book. He, he made the greatest decision that he could ever make while he was on the cross. He cried out to Jesus Christ, the Savior, and I don't know if it's biblical or not, but they could say, and he was the first one to ever go to heaven. I mean, that could have been their story. Nobody else beat him there. He went first. And he, cha he changed the trajectory of his eternity because he said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not dead yet. I'm still holding a pen. And right now I have an opportunity. And since I have an opportunity, I have a responsibility. And I'm going to write a chapter in, at the end of my book, and it's going to completely change where I spend eternity. And he took out his pen, and in his last line, he wrote a different chapter. But because he understood that it, it's not over until it's over. Come on, Yogi Bear. It ain't over till it's over. And you, you can still write the next chapter of your life. 
But there's also a great story in Hebrews chapter 11 as we're talking through the, the heroes of the faith. There's a great story of somebody who, who, who wrote the next chapter because the, the first part of their book didn't look like the end. And, and in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, it says this. It says, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute. I mean, we could stop right there and be like, am I seeing that correctly? <laughs> I mean, it's not like by faith the priest or by faith. The, it was by faith Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. I don't know how friendly this welcome was that she gave to God's spies, but anyway, she gave, I mean, it's just the Bible people. She gave a friendly welcome to the spies, and I will say they did stay there all night. But anyway, she, she, uh, she, she helps God's people out. Here's the story. Rahab lived in Jericho. God's people were coming into the promised land. Jericho was the first city that God's people were coming to. It was, a, it was an intimidating city because it had a massively high wall. They estimate to be almost, thir- almost 30 feet high, some 10 feet wide. All the gates were, were, were shut. God's people didn't know how they were going to conquer such a city, so they sent two spies into the city, and Rahab helps the spies, gives them some information, and actually helps them escape. And maybe most importantly, while, while they were there, this is what Rahab says. Rahab says, This land is yours. This land is yours because we heard about what your God did at the Red Sea. We heard about how he parted the waters. We heard about the last two armies that tried to stand up against you guys, and they were massively defeated. We've heard the stories, and, and everybody in Jericho is scared to death because your God is the true God. He is the superior God over all gods. And it was out of this declaration of belief, and not only declaration and belief, this action to help God's people to put her own self at risk in order to help God's people that God spared her life, but the story gets even better than that. Not only did God spare her life, do you know where Rahab ends up? Rahab ends up in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She is Jesus' great, 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 great great grandmother. Rahab the prostitute finds her way in the lineage of Jesus because she picked up her legacy pen and said, my life might have been one way, but I want to write a next chapter and I want to write a next chapter and I want to write a next chapter never knowing that generations later the son of God would come through her lineage because she was willing to pick up the pen and say what has been in my life doesn't have to be in my life moving forward I can write a new chapter and let me tell you what If Rahab the prostitute can write a next chapter, you can write a next chapter. If she can change her storyline, you can change your storyline too. You aren't too young. You aren't too old. You aren't, you're not too far gone. You're not disqualified from writing. This pen is your permission to get busy writing the next chapter. When you make a different decision, your life goes in a different direction, and that different direction takes you to a different destination. So how do we know that this is possible? How do we know this is really possible to, to write a, a brand new chapter? How do we know that it's possible for us to really live a different story than the first 30 years of our life or the first 60 years of our life or the first seven? How do we know it's possible? And I believe one of the answers is found in Romans chapter 8 is the Apostle Paul, a leader in the early church, writes these words and Destiny referenced it a little bit earlier in service, but this is what he says. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The spirit of the creator God, the spirit of the all-powerful God, that spirit, that spirit lives in you, and that spirit is the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead. You see, resurrection power is a part of the resurrection story. 
meaning that the story looked one way when Jesus went to the cross and he bled and he died and they put him in the borrowed tomb and it got real dark and it got real bleak and nobody's, everybody's thinking, man, this is not the way that I saw this going. But Jesus understood the story is not over yet. There is a next chapter coming. And three days after they put him in the tomb, he, he came up out of the tomb, a victorious savior and a conquering king, Lord of all. And when he came out of that tomb, he let us know not only was his story not over, but your story is not over either. Because resurrection power is always part of a resurrection story. You can write the next chapter. He goes on and he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. He says, listen, you're under no obligation to live like your last chapter. Hear, hear me. L listen to me. You are under no obligation to keep living like the first part of your book. You are under no obligation for the same sin to keep on winning in your life. You are under no obligation for the same addiction to control you. You are under no obligation for the same unforgiveness to be carried into your future. You are under no obligation for anything in your past to be carried into your, you are under no obligation to obey that nature. He says, instead, this is what you can do. By the power of the Spirit, you can conquer that and you can really live. What's he talking about? He's not just talking about existing on the earth. He's talking about you can live in freedom. You can live in victory. You can live in power. You can live a brand new existence. This is what we have the opportunity to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the opportunity to pick up our legacy pen and say, you know what I want to do? I want to write the next chapter. And the next chapter, I'm not going to do what I, what I felt like I was obligated to do in the old chapter. I'm not going to keep living the same way that I've always lived. I'm going to write a new chapter. And by writing a new chapter, I'm writing a new ending to my story. This is how we know it's possible theologically. We know it's possible. So right there, we know resurrection power is a resurrection story, which means no matter how it looks right now, the story is not over. We can write the next chapter through the power of his spirit. Okay, so that's how it looks the theologically, but what about practically? H how do we do this? How do, you actually, how do you actually write a new chapter in your life? Story. How, 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 do you, how do you do this? How, how do we start writing a story and start living a legacy that we want to leave? Well, I think it starts, I love this quote from Max Supreme. It starts with this mindset that says this, we cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. <laughs> this is where we start. We start by realizing, wait, I can't become who I need to be or who I even desire to be by staying the same. I can't keep writing chapter 21 over and over again. I can't keep on writing chapter 13. I can't just repeat the same thing and expect to get a different result. No, I've got to start writing something different if I'm going to become something different. So, so how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some help today from my, from my good friend, uh, Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And you're thinking, wow, I didn't know Pastor Phil was good friends with Stephen Covey. I'm not. But I've borrowed so much of his material, I think, like, we should be friends. I've borrowed so many things. Like, it's like when you borrow that much stuff from somebody, you're like, yeah, we're, we're friends. Like, we're close. We, we grew up together. Uh, and, and so I'm going to take just real quickly the, the first three habits of his seven habits of highly effective people. It's going to give us just a little framework for us moving forward of how to effectively write this next chapter. And this is the first habit that he mentions. He says, be proactive. Be proactive. Now, many times when, he, when we think that, when I read that, what I think about is, okay, like, take initiative and just take action. But what he actually says here in this chapter, he says, it, it, it is taking action. It is taking initiative. But it's also taking responsibility. And his point is this, is that if you don't take ownership and responsibility for the chapters that have come before, then you're not going to have what it takes 
to write the next chapter. Now, here's what I'll say. In, in this room, everybody in this room, we, we have all been through some unfortunate things. Everybody in this room, in some level, we have been betrayed. We have been lied to. We, we have been cheated. We, we, have, we have experienced heartbreak and disappointment. We have walked through dark seasons. There has been loss. There has been grief. There has been those moments where at the edge of our rope, we didn't know if we were going to make it. Like we, we have all had those for, for all kinds of different reasons. All of that, it is in the first part of our book. But here's his point. He says, listen, if you don't take ownership and responsibility for the first part of the book, you can't change the last part of the book. And here's the way that I say it, because what people have a tendency to do in life is they blame people. Whatever happened, right? They blame people. But this is what I like to say, and I want you to see it this way. Whenever you blame, it causes you to be lame. Whenever you blame people or blame a situation for where you are now, it causes you to be lame. Lame, if, if a lame person doesn't have the power to stand up, they don't have the power to walk for a while because they are lame. And whenever you blame people, that is what you are doing. You are giving them the power and the authority that you need to move forward and you are giving it to them because whenever you blame them for where you are, only that person can come and fix it. When you blame them for what they did 15 years ago and the reason that I am where I am is because what happened 15 years ago, do you know what they're not thinking about today? They are not thinking on January 8th about where you are. No, they are just living their best life, new year, new me. They just walking into 23, living their own life, not thinking about you. But if you blame them, you need them to come fix it. And guess what they're never going to do? They're never going to come fix it. And guess what they couldn't do even if they came? Fix it. They're not coming, and if they did, they couldn't fix it. So what do we have to do? We have to take responsibility and ownership for the part that we played in the beginning of our story. And by doing that, I'm taking the power back. And when I take the power back, it empowers me to be able to write the next chapter because when I'm lame, I can't pick up my pen and I can't write the next chapter because of what they did and what she did and what this happened and all. And I got all of these reasons. And this is what creates what we call the the victim mentality is because I'm blaming people on where I am. And when I'm a victim, I don't have what it takes to write my next chapter. I'm waiting somebody to come and write the next chapter for me. And ain't nobody coming to write your next chapter. Happy New Year. So don't blame people and don't be lame. Take the power back and and by the power of God, empower yourself to write the next chapter. It's got to be proactive. Here's the the, the second thing, the the second uh, chapter of his book, the second point that he makes is, is begin with the end in mind. So after you have taken responsibility and you've taken ownership for the part that you played in the first part of your book, so that you can write the, 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 the next part of, of your book after you do that, then you have to begin with the end in mind. Now, this is a, 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 for, for each and every one of us in, in, in this room, like here, you, 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 you came to church, and so the, at the end, right, like it, it starts with this reality that we are all going to one day stand before God, and we will stand before God and give an account for did we place our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, his son, as the Savior uh, of, of our souls and the Lord of our lives, right? We're, we're going to stand before God, and so we need to realize that, that heaven, heaven is the ultimate end for each and every one of us. Of us. There is eternity after this life. And so we, as Christ followers, we need to begin with that end in mind. But there is also something else that we will go to heaven, but something else is going to be left here on this earth. And that is our legacy, the story that we leave behind. And whenever we begin with the end in mind, it helps us to make sure that we're leaving the story that we actually want to leave. And in this chapter, uh, Stephen Covey actually says, he suggests that you imagine your own funeral, that you are sitting in the audience at your own funeral and you are, you are watching your funeral. And this is, this is what I would say to you. What, 
what do you want the people who love you the most and know you the best to say about you when you are gone? Because this is a reality, right? This is a reality. De death is a reality. What do they say? Two things are guaranteed, right? Death and taxes, right? Okay, I mean, that death is a reality. And you're like, oh, man, Philip, like, I was kind of coming like 2023. Like, I was kind of coming for the, the, the pom-poms, like, oh, you can do it this year. I wasn't like really coming thinking about my funeral. But that's where we are today. Because if we are going to effectively live today and tomorrow, we need to think about that day, begin with the end in mind. What do you want the people that love you the most and know you the best to say about you when you're gone? Here's why that is so powerful. Because whenever you envision that and you think about what the people who love you the most and know you the best say about you, what that is going to tell you is that's going to tell you what's most important to you. Because I'm not going to envision them saying something that's not important to me. <laughs> I'm not going to envision them standing up there and saying something that I don't even really care about. No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to envision them saying what is at the deepest at the deepest place of my soul, at the deepest place of my heart. That's what I'm going to envision them saying. And so what that does is it gives us insight into what is most important to us which then we should take that insight. This is why it's so powerful to begin with the end of mind because if all you do is just like imagine your funeral, come on, I mean, we agree, that's like pretty morbid, right? Like, oh man, I don't really want to do that. No, 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 it's not about in just envisioning that. It's about using that to change my today and my tomorrow because here's what should happen out of that. Once I know what's really important to me, Stephen Covey says there's two things that should come out of that. One, a mission statement, a mission for my life, and two, some core values. Some core values, that should come out. Why? Because a mission statement is going to help me live my life on mission. Knowing what's really most important, knowing why God put me on this earth, knowing what exactly he is asking me to do. Who am I supposed to be in this God story? I need to know what is my mission, and then I need to know my core values. Listen, there are so many core values out there. I mean, there are hundreds of great core values, but here's what you need to know. What are the most important core values to you? I know you may be thinking right now, like, oh, God, I've never thought about this. I'm I've never, my funeral, I've never, oh, God. Listen, just take a deep breath. Everybody just take a deep breath. It's the year legacy. You got all year to figure it out, okay? <laughs> but here's what we need to think. What is my mission? It's finally important for us to figure out the answer to that question. What is my mission? Listen, if you don't really know your mission, you can grab onto the mission of NCC. You can grab onto this until you come up with your own. You can say, I'm, you know, creating Christ-centered, culture-changing me. That's going to be my mission. Until you kind of flush out your own, make that your mission. Great. What are going to be your core values? What is the most important thing to you? What is the most important thing to your family? We've talked about this before, but our family, we have three core values. Uh, I would suggest you have between three and five. And you create them. You know what? This 2023, this could be the year. This is, this is your year of legacy, which means for some of you in this room, this is the year that you will create a mission statement for, for your marriage, for your family, for your life. And you maybe you'll even create core values that, that will go way beyond you. And so for our family, we, we, we have three core values. We've talked about it before. It's gratitude, generosity, and grit. You can ask any of my girls. Don't ask my three-year-old son. He's not going to give you a good answer. But my, but, but my girls, six, nine, and 11, they will tell you what are our three core values. Generos, uh, gratitude, what does gratitude look like? Hands up. Thank you, God, for what we have. Generosity, what is generosity? Hands out. We're generous with everything God puts in our hand. We're sharing it with everybody around us. We are givers. We are not takers. Generosity. And then what? We, are, we have grit, and grit is muscles up because we are tough, and in the Deeds family, we don't quit. And so we have gratitude, generosity, and grit. These are the three core values that everything in our home revolves around. Every correction moment we have is going to be around our three core values because it's the most important thing to us. And when you pick three good ones, there's always something to do with gratitude, you know, being ungrateful, right? There's something around generosity and there's something around grit. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. Once you pick good ones, you can always bring everything back to these core values. But just think, if we don't go all the way to the end and we don't start with the end in mind and we don't know what's most important to us and we don't, we don't create a clear mission and we don't create core values, then we're going to live our life and get to the end. And listen, we get to the end and we just hope that something good's going to come out of everything that is behind it. 
I don't want to get to my last breath and just hope that people get up and say something good at my funeral. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to just get there and hope. I want it to be so clear. And the way that we get it very clear is we get it clear whenever we say, this is what my life is going to be about. This is my mission. This year of legacy could be the year that you create your mission and you create your core values. And if you create a mission and core values for you and your family in 2023, listen to me, your life will never be the same. That's what it means to start with the end in mind. Starting with the end of mind is about character and contribution. What type of person are you going to be and what contribution are you going to make in people's lives? What, what, kind of, what kind of person are you going to be? What kind of character are you going to have? And what kind of contribution? That's whenever you start with the end in mind, that's what you think about. Because when people are standing at your funeral and you're envisioning that and what they're saying about you, they are talking about the person that you were and they are talking about the difference that you made, how you made them feel, how well you loved them and served them and, 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 and the joy and the peace that you had. They're going to talk about your character and they're going to talk about your contribution. Begin with in mind, and, and then we, we wrap up with this, and the, the worship team can come. And 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 here's the the third thing: as we start writing this next chapter, right? We got we got to take ownership. We got to be proactive. We take ownership. We take action, and then we discover what's most important to us. This is where we start creating our mission. We start creating our values. Really encourage you to go on that journey this year. And then the last thing is first things first. First things first, if you've, if you've been here for the last few weeks, we've kind of been wrestling with this question of what matters most, right? So we've been talking about December and last week, what matters most? And first things first, it really even just kind of breaks it down to like what matters most today. <laughs> That's what it means to live first things first. What matters most today? And you see, this helps me get today's decisions in alignment with my overall mission and values, which is why I need to create that overall mission and values. Why? Because I need my decisions that I make on a daily basis to be in alignment with that mission, to be in alignment with those values. Covey says you, you should ask this question, and I think it's a great question. What one thing could you do regularly that you aren't currently doing that would improve your personal life? Very simple. First things are, what, what's one thing that you could do that would make your life better that you're not currently doing? And he says, just, just do that. <laughs> just do that. You can apply that to your professional life as well. Just change out personal for professional and you can, you can do, what is, what is one thing that you're doing? Here, here's what that question forces us to do. That question forces us to acknowledge that there are choices that I am making are there choices that I am not making, but not making choices is actually making choices. So there are choices that I am making today that are either making my life better or worse moving forward. Because if there is something that I know I could be doing that I'm not doing that would make my life better, whew, I better figure out a way to start doing that. Because if I don't start doing that, what? My life's not going to be as good as it could. So I got to put the first things first. I got to say what matters most today. And I got to put those things in action in my life. So as we bring it to a close today, how our story ends, and our story will end someday, how our story ends, who we are, the impact that we make, what people will say about us doesn't depend on the circumstances of life. It doesn't even depend on what others have done to you in the past. No, who, who you are, the impact that you make, the stories that people tell will depend on what you do with this pen. <laughs> Are you willing to write the next chapter of your legacy book through the power of the Holy Spirit? That's what your life depends on. It, it, your life is not hanging on the balance because of what somebody said or did to you last decade. As, as, as brutal as it might have been, 
as horrible as it might have been, hear me. God is giving you an opportunity. God is even giving you responsibility. And today, God is giving you permission. And he's saying, hey, if you will pick up this pen with me, if you will partner with me, I can can help you write a next chapter. I can help you write a brand new storyline. I will help you so that the first part of your book is not going to determine the last part of your book. And the last part of your life can look completely different than the first part of your life. If you will pick up the pen and by faith, you will trust me. If you will just believe and you will get in agreement and in action with me, I will write a different story for you moving forward. We will all leave a legacy. We will all leave a story behind. And with all of my heart, I want your story to be everything that you want it to be. legacy that you leave to be everything that your heart desires it to be. I don't want you to leave anything out of your story. I don't want you to feel like you're too young. I don't want you to feel like you're too old. I don't want you to feel like you're too far gone. I don't want you to think, who am I that I would, that's for other people, that's for those people. No, 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 no. Don't get talked out of your legacy. You're going to leave a legacy. And I want your story to be everything that your heart really desires it to be. And listen, and I'm telling you that it can be because the power of the Holy Spirit is operating on the inside of you. And if you will partner with his power, man, you can pick up the pen and you can write a brand new chapter and that new chapter can turn into multiple new chapters that will give your story a completely different ending I want you to stand with me today we, we, we do something here at North Point as we kind of close out our services and we go through a lead acrostic and 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 it just fits perfectly into this year as well because here's the reality if you're going to leave a legacy you're going to have to lead yourself into that legacy You're going to have to lead your life into the legacy that you want to leave. And we're always just saying, what are we learning? What are we evaluating? What are we applying? And the D is always the same. Do it again. What do we learn? What do we learn today? We we have the opportunity to write the next chapter of our story, every single one of you. You have an opportunity. Today, you have an opportunity to start writing the next chapter. Our evaluation is this. Are you living the full story that you want to leave? This is the question I'm asking myself. Am I living the full story? I I don't want to do just good enough. I don't want to just be better than most. I want to leave the full story. I don't want to leave anything out of the story. Are you living the full story that you want to leave? And then the application, the action is always this, and it's just the the three points. Look, we're just going to take responsibility for what's come before. We're going to discover our mission and values. We're going to make that essential to our year this year. I'm going to get very clear about my mission. I'm going to get very clear about my personal values or my family values. And then I'm going to create habits to live out those values every single day. I'm going to create a thing that puts first things first. What matters most today? That's my action for this year because I want to live the legacy so that I can leave. And then I'm just going to do it again and again and again. And that's how, listen, the better that you get at it, the better your life is going to get. (laughs) So we just keep on practicing at living better. And as we practice living better, look, we're going to leave better. (laughs) You practice living a better legacy, you're going to leave a better legacy. And that's what it's all about.
Come on, I want you to bow your heads today. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this opportunity, God, that you so graciously and kindly give us. This opportunity that we have to write a next chapter. This opportunity that we have to change the storyline of our life. This opportunity for the ending of the book to not have to look like the beginning of the book. And right now, every head about, every eyes closed, you say, Philip, I want to write my next chapter. I want to partner with God and the power of his Holy Spirit. If the Spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is living in me and and, he, and that resurrection power talks to me about a, 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 a resurrection story that it is not over, I want to partner with that Spirit so that I can write the next chapter for my own story. Today you want to you want to write the next chapter. Maybe maybe you're doing a, maybe you're writing a pretty good book right now. Be say, man, there's still some things I want to include in this book that aren't there right now. There's still some things that I want to leave behind that I'm not really living out the way that I want to live them out right now. I mean, I'm doing pretty good, but it's not the full story. I want to write the next chapter. Come on, if, if that's you today, and you say, Philip, I want to write the next chapter. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to partner with God and I want to write the next chapter in my legacy book. Come on, I want you to lift up your hand all over this place. Say, Philip, that's me. I want to write the next chapter. I want to take out my legacy pen and I want to write the next chapter. God, today, he's giving you an opportunity. It is a responsibility and he's giving you permission. He will partner with you. If you want a next chapter, he will help you write your next chapter and change the trajectory of your life. Come on, all over this place right now, will you just pray this simple prayer after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I need you. I need your love and your grace. I need your power and forgiveness. I believe you are who you say you are. And you can do what you say you can do. I believe my next chapter can be different than my last chapter. I believe that my future can be different than my past. And I believe if I partner with you, I can live a legacy that I want to leave. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room that lifted their hand. I thank you for every person that prayed that prayer. And God, I'm thankful for this moment. I'm thankful for this day. God, this day that we come face to face with this reality that we are people that will leave a legacy. There will be a story told about us. And so God, I want to live purposeful and intentional to make sure that the story that I leave behind is the story that I want to be told. That I will live the legacy that my heart desires to leave. God, thank you. We wanna partner with you as we move forward for your kingdom and for your purpose. And it is all for your glory. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in the room said amen, amen, amen. Come on. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.